0: I'm Will, and this is my wife Dallas. Hi, and this is not the beginning. a podcast where a longtime wheel of time fan and a wheel of time newbie read through each of the fourteen books in this long series. Morning. This podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Shadow Rising," please proceed with caution.
1: Thus is our treaty written thus is agreement made. Thought is the arrow of time. Memory never fades. What was asked is given. The price is paid. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will dive in and discuss chapters 23 to 27 of The Shadow Rising. Note, I have not read past chapter 27, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Shadow Rising or the next 10 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 27, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read.
0: Chapter Summaries from DragonMount.com Rand and the others arrive above Roidian, where they meet four Aiel Wise Ones waiting for them. Rand asks and is given permission to enter Roidian. Matt goes with him. Avienda and Moraine also go down. Egwene begins her training as a dreamer. Rand and Matt enter Roidian and discover an abandoned city. Rand makes a dry fountain start running, then enters the columns at the heart. Matt finds another redstone doorway and steps through it. He attempts to ask more questions, but accidentally makes a bargain with the elfin instead. Inside the columns, Rand sees through the eyes of the Aiel sept chief Mandane, as he enters Roydian for the first time. Then the youth Roderick, just before the Aiel crossed the Dragonwall. Then Roderick's grandfather Jordam at the initiation of the first maiden of the spear. He sees through the eyes of Jordam's father Lewin, who kills for the first time and abandons the way of the leaf. Rand continues watching history through the eyes of Lewin's ancestors, stepping further back in time with each perspective. He sees the splitting off of the Tuatha'an, the beginning of the Ogre's longing, the entrusting of the Turangreal to the Dasha'in-A'il, and the end of the War of the Shadow. Finally, Rand sees the opening of the boar itself. Rand leaves the columns and finds Matt hanging by his neck from the tree Abendasora. Rand revives him. A bubble of evil attacks, and they flee Roidian. Perrin and Gaul follow Fa'iel's party through the ways. They reach the Manetheran Waygate at the same time as a Merdral and a Fist of Trollocs. They fight their way through the gate, which loyal locks by placing both leaves on the outside. Perrin is unnerved by the lack of wolves in the area. All right, we learn a whole bunch of stuff this section. We do. There's that whole sequence in Roydian jumping backwards through time.
1: And the summary helped solidify that I actually understood what happened there. Yes. Because it... a lot happens... But you're kind of not really sure, like what is important. But right. the summary kind of pulls that out.
0: Yeah, we will get more in depth to that because that's the that and the math stuff are really the bulk of this section. Yeah, the math stuff is also pretty quick.
1: It is too. very. This quick. is
0: this is like two whole chapters are dedicated to Rand, basically looking back in time through this Turing Room.
1: Really long chapters too.
0: Yeah, good ones. I'd like i like it. It's a it's like a core element of robert jordan's world building is you know how these cultures change over time and this is like a condensed quick snappy snap like a it's a real quick version of how did the i I, you'll get to where they are today
1: and it's interesting that it goes backwards in time because usually you think It it would jump forward it would jump forward and like you you start out very confused and then you start to realize what it is yeah whereas in this way you start out like, oh, I know generally where this is. And then you start going backwards and you're like, I'm confused. And you kind of get lost in the middle, but then you find your way back toward once you get towards the end. Yeah. And that's what it was kind of like reading. It was like, all right, I get the start of this. What the heck is happening in the middle? Oh, I got it now. Cool. Found my way back.
0: Yeah. And the other interesting thing is how far back it reaches. Really we go to the time. Age of Legends in or well, the Rand goes to the Age of Legends in the perspective of one of his ancestors, essentially. So before we get to that, there's a couple of things beforehand. There is them actually using the portal stone, which is pretty quick. Yeah. They don't there's no huge either Rand has much more control over it now, which I think is true, mm-hmm. or, I suppose and or Robert Jordan just didn't want to go through the whole portal stone thing again, which is fair and I think also may be true.
1: (laughs) I think both can be true. I think the angry all that he had helped, although it wasn't a strong enough angry all because and then Moraine yells at him and then he yells at Moraine for healing him. He's like, ask next time. Which, fair. Yeah.
0: Like, generally ask before you do something to someone.
1: Right. Fair. And Egwene's kind of surprised that Lan doesn't yell at Rand for yelling at Moraine. Which is just a, cur- it's a common recurring theme that I'm finding throughout this book that everyone's like, what is up with Len and Moraine? Yeah.
0: <laughs> a little bit. I, I think Rand. The two rivers, let's call it. The, it's the it's, two rivers. It's the two
1: rivers because it's, I think Lan and Nynaeve's bond is obviously part of it, but I think because of that bond, he's starting to have a bond with everyone else, too.
0: Could be. And it could also and be...
1: just You know, he has this bond with Rand, and I think part of him is like, I don't... I get that Moraine needs to try to defeat the Dark One, basically, and Rand needs to do that, yeah, too. So but he's not necessarily going to, like, follow her blindly in the way that she, he, she's trying to control Rand.
0: So I, I was going to say that maybe here we're seeing some of the after effects of Moraine telling Land that she essentially is going to pass his bond on when she dies. But what you said made me think that maybe we're just seeing that Lan has different ideas on how to go around what their ultimate goal is.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of it is Because he's gotten, he's grown, he has developed this attachment to the people that they actually are, not just what they stand for. And Moraine hasn't.
0: I think Moraine is capable of it. I didn't say that she's not capable. Well, I'm I'm going somewhere. I think Swan is incapable of it. Swan uses people because she has to. Moraine generally, I think where Moraine will will end up, I know where Moraine ends up. But I think the path that she's going on is realizing that Rand is a person who has to be treated like a person and not a tool.
1: And she hasn't gotten there yet. Land got there real quick.
0: Right. Well, which makes sense because he's, he's basically the same way.
1: Yeah. Also Sword Dead.
0: Sword Dead. Yeah. Not Spear Daddy.
1: Not Spear Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see Spear Daddy reunite with Dream
0: Mom. Dream Mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which was a very Dream Babe of <laughs> <these>. <laughs> Uh which was very sweet. They they had a nice little reunion. Yeah. Foreheads touching, yep. very clearly happy to see each other.
0: hmm Because we are full we are fully in the waste. Yes. There's no doubt about it. They emerge and they're like, the air is burning. Why is it so hot? And all of the ideal <laughs> are like, hey, we're home.
1: And yeah, there's just a scene where Lan like hands both Moraine and Egwene water and then pours it over their heads before even asking. Yeah. And he's like, all right, <laughs> we're in the we're in the waste. I got this figured out. And they're just like,
0: okay. (laughs) Part of me is wondering if maybe Lan is being a bit more, I want to say, resistant to what Moraine is doing because of the Aeel. And because this is so far out of what Moraine knows and very much more in the realm of what Lan knows that Lan feels like he should be doing his own thing more.
1: I think that's part of it as well, because he does fill them in on some, like, Aiel customs, and he's like, I don't know a whole lot, but I did fight with them, or I fought them, so I know a little bit more. And I think now is when we're starting to see more protective land, not just in the way of, like, I don't want to troll to kill Moraine. I think he's trying to protect her from herself, because she's yeah. clearly start she's, like, pissing off the Aiel, and we see that later in this section. He's not witnessing it. Right. But, like, she is antagonizing the four dreamers. Yep. The four wise ones. And Equain's just sitting there like, what are you doing? Right. And I think Lan's trying to protect Moraine from herself right now.
0: I definitely think that there's some of that.
1: And Moraine's not having it because when she ends up going down to Roydian... She's like, make sure Lan doesn't follow. And then just like yeah. naked nopes off to Rorydian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a lot of that. There is actually, so there's one more thing with Lan and the Aiel specifically before we get into one of the more interesting things that comes out of this section. The Aiel have their own name for Lan.
1: They do. Which is kind of...
0: Like, damn, Lan. Yeah. Lan is AnaLine. Which is one man,
1: or there's another translation it's like that more like a Morin-
0: people unto himself. Yeah, which makes sense. He's the sole surviving Malkari nobility,
1: and they like respect him for it. It's like another glimpse into other people knowing who Lan is yeah. and respecting him for it. I
0: think some of that has to do with his sheer like martial prowess.
1: I think so because they
0: respect him as who he is, but they also they clearly respect him greatly as a warrior.
1: Yeah. I'm all for respect Lan hours. <laughs> yes. Everybody
0: should respect him.
1: Everyone should respect Lan. Please respect he him. He deserves respect and love.
0: Yes, absolutely. And he gets plenty, it seems. <laughs> maybe, maybe not love, because he's not around Naive enough. But that's a weird kind of love. That's a, that's a slap you upside the head and say, I love you yeah. kind of love, because it's Naive. She does that shit.
1: But he likes it.
0: Yeah. That's what he needs. Yeah. Anyway, so you mentioned dreamers, and this section has one of the more interesting dreaming things or things about dreamers, where we learn not all of the dreamers can channel,
1: but some of them can. Some
0: of them can, so it's not just a thing that I said or women who can embrace the source can do.
1: Yeah, because it's Amis and Sienna. Or which? Sienna.
0: There are so many women with S names in this series. But which
1: of the four? Like, there's two of the four that we meet that can channel, and I don't remember. I know one is yeah. Amis.
0: Amis can, and she's the only one who can channel with any sort of strength.
1: But there's another one. Uh, who Sienna. Can. Okay, it was it was Sienna.
0: Um, she can barely channel, and but Bear and Melaine are incapable of channeling. Yep. But they're dreamers, and they're uh, quite good at it. You which
1: know who we also learn can channel. Avienda. Yes,
0: she can. No wonder they're friends.
1: Yeah, that's what Egwene says. She's like, that's why I feel such a kindred spirit
0: with you. And so the reason that the wise ones were trying to get Avienda to come back is because they're like, it's time for you to stop running around with a spear and become a wise one. Yeah. Which, you know, okay. Because
1: it's kind of like, you don't, not all wise ones can channel, but all channelers in Aiel become wise ones, is basically how it seems this goes about in Aiel culture. And it's just an interesting scene when Avienda's, like, fine, and they, like, force her to get rid of all of her weapons, and Egwene's just like, stop! She clearly cares about those things, and you're treating them like dirt, and they're like, they're gonna become dirt. She's gotta burn them when she comes back, and Egwene's just like... when she
0: comes back, they're going to melt down all of her weapons and make them into useless things that Avienda will have to give away.
1: Yeah, and they can't be made into anything that could be possibly a weapon. So, like, make it them into bowls or, like, maybe a carving knife, but not even. Right. Like, bowls and spoons. Yep. And it's just, like, I get that you guys are, like, a warrior culture, but damn.
0: Yeah. It's...
1: That's harsh. The
0: the Wise Ones live a strict life, and we we get a glimpse of... You you mentioned Moraine and the Wise Ones clashing. That's very Mm -hmm. much true, because they're used to being in charge.
1: And Moraine's just like picking fights <clears throat> because it's Moraine.
0: Yep. Moraine wants things her way and the wise ones also want things their way and they they don't necessarily get along. They don't not get along, but it's I think it's very much like introducing two cats. Like you gotta do it slowly <laughs> and let them get used to each other and do it a little bit more and a little bit more until they're okay.
1: Speaking from experience, because yes. we are currently
0: doing that. Yes. Now neither <laughs> The Aiel Wise Ones normal reign are a kitten. No. That's Egwene. <laughs> Egwene's just a little kitten.
1: No, she just wants to get along. Yeah. She just she's to.
0: there for it. She's, she's like, like, teach me your ways, dreamers.
1: And she's like, I will listen and I will try to memorize everything you say so that I don't have to wash
0: dishes. And then they're like, you're talking and you're not listening. <laughs> so that's the that's the Aiel Wise one stuff.
1: Basically, we get... There's some interesting conversation about... Uh, more things with IEL culture. The yeah. Oh, Geishen yeah. I see. And... I
0: see in the notes you have Jito, uh, which is a whole big thing.
1: I was a little confused.
0: You're supposed to be okay because it's alien to the people receiving the information. Yeah. It basically loosely translates, and Maureen comments this on to honor and obligation. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way of life for the IEL. There's also some talk about Gaishane, which are like. Prisoners of war, sort of, but you the Aiel don't take prisoners in the sense that they're not going to, like, capture you and tie you up and take you back and ransom you. It's
1: it's if they defeat you, you you surrender yourself a little bit because of honor or something. That's basically yeah. how I interpreted it.
0: Yeah. They are taken in battle when somebody bests an Ae'el without killing them. And they're only taken for a year and a day, after which they are allowed to go home. And actually, they they just go home. Nobody will stop them. Nobody stops Gashen from leaving, either.
1: Because they just don't.
0: Right. It's it's part of their honor that they were taken without being killed. Now they have to serve for a year and a day.
1: Yeah. Which, okay.
0: It's interesting. It kind of lends itself to some of the stuff we were talking about last time with Aiel Society being kind of, like, encouraged to do all of this fighting without crippling the people.
1: Yeah which is interesting i mean you know no one wants to be a prisoner of war and no one want, no one should take them but if this right. is
0: but they clearly they don't mistreat them no they're just servants for a year and a day after which they go back to where they were and they pick up life as normal yeah and everybody accepts it there are some people who can't be taken gashine wise ones blacksmiths i think
1: know, women and or w- children i think they said children
0: basically any non combatants Which, wise ones and blacksmiths and children, basically, in Aiel culture, they're the only people who ain't fighting.
1: Yeah, and blacksmiths, I feel like it's such a specialized trade, taking one away from a town. It's kind of like taking away food.
0: Yeah, and this is not even the, the first time we've had blacksmiths in sort of a position of reverence brought up in Aiel culture either, or is it? I it think, might be. I think it might maybe, be maybe doesn't I'm sound familiar. But anyway, blacksmiths have kind of a higher position. Obviously, they're one of a few noted exceptions to this. You can't take them as prisoners of war.
1: And it it does make sense with the I'm not going to take all of their treasures. I'm not going to take away food or water or like all of their livestock. You know, like we need to leave them with resources. And usually there's only one blacksmith per town. So taking a, taking a blacksmith, I feel like it yeah. would be crippling them.
0: Yeah. And the other thing with the wise ones and taking Abienda's spears and stuff is it seems like you, you have a role in Aiel society, and if you take on another role, you have to give up your old one. Amis was a former maiden, and they said that they basically had to take all of her weapons and break them right in front of her in order for to, for her to accept that she was a wise one now.
1: And she, no, and she even admitted that she didn't, and she kind of tried to run away and right. go, like, not go through with her training several times and then finally they kind of got it through to her.
0: Right. Which is, it, it's interesting and it, it kind of also speaks to this almost like military society where you have your role and you do your role and you don't step outside of it or else the people around you are going to suffer. Yeah. Because clans need their, their wise ones, they need their warriors, they need their blacksmiths and they need those people to not be doing other things that take them away from their duties.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than, I think that's about most of it that's not to do with Rand and Matt, other than Avienda's kind of a mood, and she's just like, all right, well, I have to go down to and I'm going to yep. run there and beat the boys, which is just very Avienda.
0: <laughs> yep, and very Iel in general, because they like to run.
1: Spent, well, the maidens especially, because they need to run away from all the yes, boys who they want need them to they propose. need to run away from the men. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just like a whole-ass mood and also more understandable because, like, you don't have shoes on. You're naked. It's hot. Yeah. I'd run. Yeah. Be, spend less time on the hot sand. Yep. You don't want your feet touching it for too long because then it – I get it. it. I find it also – It's r- practical.
0: Really interesting because we, we, we're we not in Avienda's head, which would be very interesting here because there are two Turing Real in Roydian There's the pillars that Rand walks through. I guess there's three Turing because the stone doorway is there, too. Yeah, but there, there's, there's the pillars, and then there's arches, which sound a whole hell of a lot like the arches in Tarvalin.
1: The three rings. They're rings, not arches.
0: Rings, arches, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're basically the
0: and past,
1: yeah. present, future Turing Real.
0: And also, they have to be naked, like in Tarvalin. Yeah. Ran doesn't have to be naked. Matt doesn't have to be naked. Well, Matt...
1: Doesn't go through the heart. Matt doesn't but...
0: go through the, the uh, pillars. But Moraine and Abienda are...
1: And they have to be naked to walk down Deroidean, which is interesting.
0: That strikes me as a parallel of, like... It's a parallel of the accepted test, right? Because after passing through, uh, is basically an apprentice-wise one.
1: Yeah, it, and Egwene likens it to her accepted test.
0: Yeah. So I'm kind of curious what Abienda and what would Moraine see in the rings? Moraine's been through one of these before. Yeah, would and it's a interesting
1: because they mention accidentally the wise ones mentioned that Moraine has to go through the rings and they're like shit we, should, we weren't supposed to say that right and they're, so like I don't know what's gonna change now that you know that you have to and she's yeah. like I guess I'm going then And which and Moraine's very much like yeah I was gonna ask so
0: yeah their dreaming has apparently revealed a lot of different scenarios mm-hmm. one of which is Lan maybe wasn't gonna come with and if Land didn't come with Moraine was gonna die yeah if Moraine didn't go through the rings She was definitely going to die. If she does, she might die. Moraine's got a lot of trouble ahead of her, basically.
1: And they said, like, if Moraine comes, it was almost certain that Lan would, too. Right.
0: If he didn't.
1: And it was an if Moraine comes, too. So who knows what would have happened if she stayed.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I guess somebody who travels through the portal stones might alternate realities and all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, does everyone see alternate realities when they go through the portal stones?
0: No. I think... Alter- seeing alternate realities or living alternate realities was really what happened in the Great Hunt. That's just if I think somebody inexperienced uses the stone, and Rand has done it before, and he knows what he was doing, and
1: and has an extra power boost.
0: Right. Although the extra power boost was more for the volume of people being transported, not the finesse. Although it has been established that often power, power like raw power in the in the One Power also sometimes translates to strength, but that's really more about innate power rather than amplified power. Okay. Like, anybody could use a, an all or a Tura or a Cyangriol to get more powerful, but that doesn't make them inherently better at wielding it, whereas someone like Rand, who's very strong, tends to have more innate skill as well.
1: Yeah, that's about all the stuff with Egwene yeah. and Moraine.
0: They are, the Wise Ones are surprised that Matt asks.
1: Yes, so Rand uses some sort of ancient form to ask to go into Roydian and they gave him permission, and then Matt adorably scrambles to copy whatever Rand does and asks to go to. And they're just like, what? No. And some random assholes just like, you can't let, you're letting one outsider in, you can't let another one. They're like. Cool it
0: in. Cool it in's a dick.
1: (laughs) Random asshole. And clearly and the wise ones are like, Rand's not an outsider. He's clearly Iel. Yeah. Look at him.
0: Look at him, you dumb bitch.
1: <laughs> look at his. Look at him. He's Iel. Yeah. He can go in, no problem. And they're really hesitant to let Matt in. But Rand's like, you have to let him if I want him to go with me. Which means he read something else. I feel like
0: maybe, or he could just be abusing his Tiberian nature.
1: It could be, or he read something that allows a guest.
0: Either is equally likely. To be Either because he
1: did a lot of reading.
0: He did a lot of reading. So. But Matt goes. Matt doesn't go through the pillars, though.
1: No, he um, flips a coin to try to decide, and it lands right in the middle. Yeah, and then it falls over. <laughs> and, Rand, and he's just like, "Did you do that on purpose?" And Rand's like, <laughs> "Yes, I did. Now stay, because yep. <laughs> I don't want you to die."
0: Yep. They think on the way to Roidian though, that they see Avienda run by naked, which has to be like a really weird... They're, they're like wading through this fog on the way to Roidian and Matt just like turns his head and, and just like, whoosh, Avienda. <laughs> okay.
1: Was that a naked woman running past? Okay.
0: Sure. Anyway, on the way to Roidian they find a fountain that Rand restarts with the power, which, okay, Water. Yay? Yay. It's the desert, so water's good. There's like a huge reserve of water under.
1: Is that like... Is that the pouring water on sand thing?
0: It might be. I don't remember exactly what that maps to, but that might be. I think that actually probably is it.
1: Okay. Dad, that just occurred to me. Because that wasn't <laughs> in my notes.
0: No, it wasn't. But yeah, it probably is. It's sand and he started water. Yeah. Aroidian.
1: And it's a fountain. It's not like a fountain that goes into like a... Basin, it just is kind like of sprays. Sprays. There's a pool
0: because he like wades in later.
1: Yeah, they like walk in it and basically are like standing in the rain. Yeah, but in the desert.
0: Yep. So there are two very important things that happen in Rodyan itself. There is another redstone gateway.
1: Is that the mat? That's the genie Taurangriel.
0: Yes. Only this is maybe more of a genie. Kinda. Because they are granting wishes, but Matt doesn't necessarily know what he's asking for.
1: Because he asks questions and they aren't saying anything. And then he starts demanding things because he doesn't know. And so then they're like, all right, here you go. And he's like, wait, what? But...
0: Yeah, so he's asking questions that are like... He's asking questions that he would ask of the snake people. mm -hmm. These ones are more like foxes. The snake people... Gave him answers. The fox people get frustrated when he asks for these, asks these questions. And they're like, no, you have to make a demand, basically. They
1: didn't say that.
0: They asked, what is your need? They asked him what he wanted.
1: And, but he was like, I want you to answer my questions.
0: (laughs) Nope, can't do that. But he asks for...
1: He doesn't know he's asking. How I interpreted it, he doesn't know he's asking for he
0: He spouts off a few things.
1: And I'm not really sure which of them they actually granted because he says a whole lot of things really Ooh, quickly.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. And now I'm not going to go any further. I they know... say done three times.
1: I might have to reread it because I only saw them say done at the end.
0: They say they say done once.
1: They only say done once when he says something about his memory. And then that, that's how I interpreted that thing ending.
0: So I, know I need some... to reread it too. I thought they say done t- like technically three times, but they're like done. And then he asks for two more things. They're like, done and done.
1: No, I don't remember that at all.
0: Oh, maybe I'm wrong.
1: We might have to reread it before next time. Maybe. that's an important detail. But I do know something to do with the holes in his memory. Yeah. And especially once we get to the quote from this episode at the beginning, the little...
0: That's the the inscription. we'll, We'll jump forward a little bit here to what happens to Matt when he gets out. Yes. He basically blacks out in... The door frame.
1: Because he can't breathe.
0: Yes. And...
1: We find out why once Rand gets done with his whole journey. Yes. When
0: Rand gets out of the pillars, Matt is hanging from Aventasora, the tree of life, which is ironic. He's got a... There's like a spear held across two branches and he's hanging from the spear.
1: No, he's hanging from a rope tied to the spear because I read it again. Yeah. So... Yeah. He's hanging
0: from the spear. Um, and the spear... The, the quote from this section... That we picked is the inscription in the old tongue on the spear.
1: And it has something to do with memory.
0: Yeah. Which is one of the things that he was like, I want these damn holes in my memory filled.
1: Yeah. And they said memory never fades, which I feel like is more than he asked for. I feel like he's never going to be able to forget anything or... Interesting take. Or because he also has all these random flashbacks. I feel like his brain's going to start to hurt real bad. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's Matt. Any amount of thinking hurts his brain.
1: <laughs> he's our little ADHD Yes. <laughs> Button.
0: Yeah. And but when Matt comes out, he's basically near or he's near death.
1: Yes, because at first Rand can't find his heartbeat.
0: Right. So then he does some CPR.
1: Gets him to come back.
0: Yep. And then they they have to get out of there real quick because there's a bubble of evil. Like, right when they, right when Matt gets brought back and they're starting to walk, they're like, okay, we're going to get some water. Nope. Let's leave.
1: Yeah. And Matt is pissed. He's like, these stupid fox people,
0: I'm going
1: to take this stupid spear because, like, whatever. Fuck you.
0: They wouldn't answer my damn questions. (laughs) They choked me half to death.
1: I'll show them. I'm going to take this necklace and I'm going to take this spear. And yeah. Now your cosplay makes sense.
0: Yeah. So so he comes out with two things. He's he's hanging from the spear, which he obviously gets, and then he has a fox head medallion around his neck.
1: I thought it was kind of scattered on the floor because he swipes it up and puts it in his pocket. No, it's
0: around his neck. And I, then he takes I went it back. Off. Yeah, Rand takes it off. Oh, Okay. Um, important thing. Um, but yeah, he he's got this fox head medallion around his neck. And then this and then the spear. Spear
1: thing. Yeah. So now your cosplay makes sense. Yes,
0: it does. And let's talk about this a little bit more. Not the necessarily the cosplay, but this whole section with Matt because this is an Odin allegory. Odin was hung from the tree of life. Odin's ravens are are named in Norse thought and memory. He's associated with ravens. Now Matt is cuz the thing has ravens on it. Okay. It's just like boom, this is Odin. So Matt is an Odin myth.
1: I don't know what that means cuz I don't know anything about Odin.
0: That's fair. Some other stuff will become clear later too. Yeah, if way it's, later. if
1: it's to do with Odin, you will have to bring it up or I, I will have to do research.
0: I will. Um, I will definitely bring it up because it's it's real clear.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about that whole That's sad,
0: but we'll learn together. <laughs> because there's a whole bunch of stuff. All of the all of the ter- the not the reel, all of the Tiveran are in some way, inspired by lots of different myths. Rand is obviously Arthur. Matt is oh,
1: Jesus mm. because they said Jesus. something. There was something. It was at this section about someone washing his feet with her hair, and I'm just like, Jesus? Was that this yeah, section? I think
0: it was this? No, no, no. It was last section.
1: Yeah, maybe it was. It's like okay, Robert Jordan just yeah. straight up taking shit out of the Bible.
0: Rand is also a. You know what? I'm not going to say it. It might be a little... You don't know Norse myth. I don't. Rand is also... It's not my
1: pantheon, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, Rand is also has a lot of things to do with Tyr, a, the Norse god of war.
1: I think I know vaguely, but that's about as much as I know because yeah. it was in a book that I was reading.
0: And then Perrin has a lot of stuff to do with a god named Perrin, P-E-R-U-N. The name is the most similar thing there. And then Perrin also has a good amount of Thor allegory.
1: That... Makes sense. Yeah. that's And I can, I know more about Thor, but that's just because of Marvel, Marvel, so yes. I don't really know how much is actually accurate.
0: Fair. So this is like the, the really beginning of the Matt Odin stuff. It, it's not as heavy handed as this is, except in one other part. Which
1: I think I might be catching up to where you are, just because <laughs> I thought Marvel, I'm like, that's the only bit about Odin that I know, and yeah. Odin.
0: Odin has a spear.
1: He's also missing an eye and Matt at some point puts an eye on a balance scale so I feel like it's his own maybe I've been I've been thinking that Matt's going to lose an eye <laughs> for a while maybe so that's my that's my guess that is my postulation on that bit of his prophecy of the mm. eye on a balance scale I feel like it's literal <laughs>
0: Read and find out, which is not the first one of this season. No, it's not.
1: You keep (laughs) saying it is. It's not.
0: It's not the first one of the season. It's like the eighth or something.
1: Probably. I
0: definitely said it last time. I thought last time was the first one, but apparently I was wrong.
1: You are. If uh, anyone would like to keep a count and let us know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Count of how many times I say it and how many times I think I've said it for the first time. Which will end. I'm not doing that anymore this season.
1: You say that, however, it could be like me and watching The Italian Job, which every time I sit down to watch that movie, I think I haven't seen it. And I watched that movie like six times before I got like 30% of the way and was like, I've seen this movie.
0: Which one? There are two. There are two? Yeah. They like remade it.
1: The, uh, the remake.
0: Okay. I've seen neither, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, every time I would sit down and they're like, people Oh, do you want to watch The Italian Job? I'm like, I've never seen it. And then... I literally get like 70% of the way and go, yeah, I have seen
0: this. That's weird. Yeah. Why are you watching The Italian Job so much?
1: Because I say I've never seen it.
0: You won't watch The Italian Job.
1: (laughs) No, it's not that good.
0: I've never seen it. It could be good. I don't know. I just watched Dune today for the billionth time.
1: I did not, thankfully.
0: No, which is a shame. Is it? Yes, because that movie is amazing.
1: This is not a Dune podcast. Hold on. That
0: movie is fun. It is not amazing. <laughs> no, it's, it's not bad.
1: amazing. It's bad. This and...
0: remains not a Dune podcast. You know who's kind of like Paul Atreides, though? Randall Thor. We're gonna bring it back.
1: <laughs> and this is also something you said before.
0: Yes, because it's true. Rand doesn't go through a doorway, which he goes
1: through some weird columns.
0: Which what would Rand ask for in the doorway? Would he he,
1: Be, he Would he do a mat and ask questions? He'd probably put it together faster.
0: He probably would. And, maybe and the he, second
1: they didn't answer and they ask, what is your need? He'd probably stop and go, oh, that's what's happening here.
0: Maybe he knows. Maybe he does know about it, though, because he did a lot of reading and he knew about the doorway and the stone.
1: Yeah, because I think I've landed on he actually did just read about it and Egwene didn't, or Elaine didn't possibly tell him.
0: Yeah, because he read a lot to... About the portal stone too. it
1: was plausible that during their secret makeout sessions and yeah. told him about the archway, but
0: the Snuggle sessions. Snuggle. <laughs> it's a weird word to hear in a fantasy novel.
1: So is cuddle. Cuddle
0: is less weird than snuggle.
1: I think it's just weird hearing it from Matt. I think that's Robert Jordan trying to keep it kinda clean. <laughs> because like
0: I need in the show, I need Matt to get it on.
1: I do too. I need him to cuddle.
0: Yep but after.
1: Indiscriminately.
0: Indiscriminately. Well, no, Matt has standards.
1: I need I need him to be bi.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need a bi, Matt. Rand, though, is not bi. No. And walks through some pillars.
1: He potentially will be polyamorous, though.
0: Potentially. He's been told. Has he been told? Or has?
1: Yeah, he's been told about the three women
0: eh, at that's his true. funeral. At his funeral, yeah. Min and Elaine certainly know. Yeah. And apparently it's both of them.
1: I think think I'm still not sold on Elaine.
0: No? You think it was just... Because it
1: hasn't been confirmed.
0: Okay.
1: The only one I'm sold on is Min, because Min literally saw her own face. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't seen anyone else's face. So, like, I'm pretty sure it's Elaine, but... It's
0: true. Maybe she did see their faces and she just doesn't know them.
1: No, she said that she didn't see Uh, the faces enough to describe them even.
0: Okay. I don't remember that bit. Anyway, back to the pillars. Rand goes back in time.
1: And he's walking through, and he's not the only one walking through.
0: No, there is, uh Kool-Aidin's brother. Yes. He's also walking through and having a bad time.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think really his purpose is, as a character is just to show what can happen to someone who walks through these columns.
0: Yeah, if they're not... It, it seems like it's a mental strength thing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Because, Coledon's brother—I I don't remember his name.
1: It's like starts with an M or something. Yeah,
0: Kool-Aidin's brother is clearly rejecting the information being given to him.
1: Yeah, he's not accepting it.
0: Right. Rand is having a much easier time because he's not Iel, <laughs> not culturally.
1: No, not he's not culturally ideal.
0: So he can go through and he can see what the pillars are meant to show, or at least what the pillars are currently showing. They're an ancient turing rail. Who knows what they're meant to do? Yeah, but. He has no attachment to the Aiel way of life.
1: So he's just absorbing all of this. He's like a sponge, and he doesn't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah. Which makes me wonder two things. One, what would somebody who's not an Aiel see if they went through the pillars?
1: Like someone who's not even born Aiel. Right. Like...
0: Someone with no Aiel ancestry.
1: What would Matt see? Right.
0: What would Matt see? I guess what Matt would see would be very complicated at the moment, but... Generally, like, yeah, what would he see? Where would he go back to?
1: Is it, d- Does it only show Aiel, or does it just show the history of your people? Right. And in that case, would Matt get more answers about Minethrin? Because he clearly has stronger old blood than... Yeah. Because Rand also... And it also goes
0: way further back. Yeah. Like, Menetherin is a old civilization, but it's like a, a thousand years old or something. It's old, it's old, but it's not, like, ancient. Yeah. The c- cities of Minethrin still stand, but... This Turing Garel took Rand back to see the boar being drilled into the Dark One's prison, which is before the War of Shadow. That's what started the War of Shadow. It goes way far back. Yeah. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, if if anybody walks through it, would it just take somebody back to the War of Shadow? Because that's a long-ass time, and it's very likely, perhaps even probable, that most people who would walk through it in the current era... are related to somebody who was there.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it just goes back to...
0: Especially given the breaking. Yeah. Because a lot of people died in the breaking. So
1: is it that Rand is actually directly related to these people? They're not just people who are figureheads of Aiel culture, and therefore you're looking into their memories? That's how I thought it was.
0: He's related to them.
1: Okay, so like they are his... Great, great, great grandparents of some sort. Yeah. Okay. So whoever his Aiel dad was. Yeah. These are okay. So Coolden's brother is seeing different people at these moments in time.
0: Yeah, basically. To, and they, the Aiel are a small group, right? Even at the beginning, even when um, Jonai, the the second to last one that we're shown, is replayed, the Dasha and Aiel. We're not a large group of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, some degree of likely that they do see some of the same people because there aren't that many. That's true. And we, we see them getting smaller and smaller up until Lewin. So, so we start off at the, the furthest back. We'll, we'll go the furthest back forward. So Kuman is the furthest back. He was at Kalamdar. Which was the like research center See, that was? He's not the
1: farthest back. Charn is. Charn? He's the one who saw the dark one's oh, prison.
0: yeah. Being open. Charn. Just switch the names. Charn was at the boar being drilled.
1: Because they thought it was a source of power that both men and women could use equally. Yep. So it was the dark one.
0: Plot twist. It's bad. Genders working together. Bad
1: question mark. I don't like that. No. That's possibly the moral of the story. No,
0: <laughs> it's it's not. Um, but one of the things Charn says is. You know, imagine what they could do if they didn't have to compete with working different parts of the source.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they could work, they could fully work together for the first time, maybe ever, in mm-hmm. all of history.
1: And then it's the Lock Dark twist.
0: One. Yeah, it's the Dark One. Bad times. We then go to kuman who is basically at the end of the war. Yeah, he
1: thinks it, that the war is over, and the only other thing I picked out from that was that land fear is not always evil, question, wasn't always evil, question mark. Yeah.
0: Her name used to be Mirren, which we did know. We've known we we've known her true name. No, pretty sure it's mentioned. in I don't
1: think I've I didn't even see that in this section.
0: Oh well, her true name's Mirren.
1: Okay,
0: maybe a minor spoiler, but nothing huge. Yeah, she worked at the Calmdar. She was like head researcher. There.
1: The the what?
0: The the research institute that was researching and created the boar. Okay. So she wasn't necessarily always evil. She was always ambitious. But she wasn't aligned with cosmic evil.
1: Slytherin. She's very Slytherin. Yes. Not all Slytherins are evil, but they are all ambitious. Fair.
0: Anyway, when we're with Kumin, it's right like right after Lose Theron sealed the Dark One. So for all they know, the war is actually over. The light won, nothing is wrong. <laughs> Men aren't going crazy and destroying the world. That's that has that's like right before that the breaking started.
1: And then Luz Theron turns himself into a volcano. Yes,
0: Luz Theron mountains himself. Volcanoes. Volcanoes. So, volcano man strikes.
1: Volcano man.
0: And that's when we get, like right after, like during the breaking, is Jonai. Jonai is, we, we learn here, it, it's odd going kind of backwards and forwards at the same time. Jonai is where we kind of hear the term Ail and learn what it means. They were essentially sworn servants of the Aes Sedai. They were... Trusted above, all else, they were supremely nonviolent and non-interventionist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody fucked with the Dashain Des- basically.
1: And the said I put the Turangriol, and it seemed like it was the Turangriol meant for men.
0: Yeah, I, there's others, because the Redstone Doorway, how else will the Redstone Doorway get there? Okay. But there, there's others. They, they basically put, like, important Turangriol in the care of the Dashain to take them, it seems like, to take them to Rodian.
1: Which, from Matt's point of view, looked like an unfinished city. Yeah, and then something happened to it. Yeah, to have all the fog.
0: Yeah, and
1: because we also see in one in them, one I... of the visions, we see Rodian being built with no fog.
0: Yeah, they and they're you know full kind of right out of the Age of Legends technology, and uh, the Green Man is there. They're singing. They sing. There's like a portion where they sing Aben into life.
1: Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Okay.
0: And so it's tree singing. There are, I believe there are ogre there.
1: Yeah. Because they mentioned the longing.
0: Yeah. And...
1: It was kind of the origin of the longing.
0: So the breaking was the origin of the, of the longing. And what Jonai sees is he starts to see the longing take hold. He, they encounter ogre who have been away from the setting for so long that it's start to like, starting to affect their souls. Because they just, they can't be out for too long. With some exceptions. We learn more. Okay. So Jonai has a interesting thing. He's still very much Dasha'en A'il. He's uh, not leaving necessarily. He's just being sent somewhere. He's performing a task. We skip ahead to Adan, who is Jonai's, I want to say, son or grandson. Not very far removed.
1: Yeah, it, either son or grandson.
0: Very young at the at the time that like they like left. A child. Yeah, he remembers being entrusted with the Turing but it was a long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And their band of traveling people are having trouble with people, essentially like raiding them and fucking with them. Yeah. Like they're getting like hunted because they don't fight back. Right. They follow the way of the leaf, and that causes them some problems. And Adon is true to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's like, we're going to keep to it. They're going to mess with us, and they're going to go on their way, but we are yield. we are sworn to not fight back. This is a particularly interesting one to me because we see a different way of the leaf where the tinkers follow the way of the leaf because they think it hurts the the doer as much as the receiver of violence, whereas Adan and this group of the traveling people are almost more about keeping their oaths to never do violence.
1: Yeah, they don't see it as like a two-way street. They see it as kind of a one-way street.
0: Right, and they basically don't even try to avoid it.
1: No, and the the
0: tinkers it, avoid it a little bit. Yeah, they've got like the big scary guard dogs, and they travel in a pack.
1: Yeah, they'll
0: they, run, and they don't invite it. But these traveling people don't even care, or they do care, but they're not. It's different.
1: They're not doing anything to protect themselves,
0: right? We, they're not trying
1: to stop. Ev- they're not trying to stop violence from happening. They just won't do it. Whereas the tinkers kind of are trying to stop violence from happening. Yeah, in a way.
0: And then we go to or we we come from Lewin rather who is very upset because basically bandits keep kidnapping their people and like raping their women and leaving them to die. Yeah. Like it's bad times for Lewin. Yeah. And, and he ends people. up
1: accidentally killing a man.
0: Yep. And he and a bunch of like he's younger. Mm-hmm. Here. He's like I want to say my impression of Lewin at this point is he's like a young he's like a just entering manhood.
1: Yeah, like teenager. Yeah.
0: like But like on the on the older side, like I want to say like 16 to 18 rather than 13, 14. Yeah. He kills a man and he's like, they're never going to accept me. The the Dashay and Ail are never going to accept me.
1: And he does get kicked out.
0: Yeah. And a bunch of the younger ones go with him and they kind of set off on their own. And this is where we learn why the Ail use spears and not swords. And it's because Lewin, even though he's kicked out, still believes that you should only kill in self-defense
1: mm-hmm. or to
0: defend the people around you. And so he has spears, and he tells his friends spears, not swords, because spears can be used to hunt. Swords can only be used to kill. yeah, we're not killers. We're just trying to de- trying to live our lives,
1: yeah, and, and then we go to Jordan,
0: yep, who witnesses the first maiden being kind of sworn in,
1: and in this maiden. is a breaking of even. I feel like Lewin's way of people
0: because
1: these are people actively going out to do harm.
0: Yes. They're in the middle of like a clan feud.
1: And people have got their, someone's got children and wives and the first maiden's like, I'm going to go get my child back. My husband won't do it. So I'm going to give me a spear. Yep. Which is like, you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good for her.
1: Good mama bear energy.
0: (laughs) All of the IEL have that. Even the men. Mama Bear. <laughs> At least the current IEL. obviously the first maiden's husband did not have it.
1: Right. But it's they had the spears. That's just these are the first group they they broke even further from yeah. the I will fight back but I won't seek out harm. They they it seems like Lewin's crowd of people weren't warriors. They were just...
0: They were just trying to survive. They were just trying to survive. And they're in the... I mean, I think the biggest difference here is my understanding of the timeline. I could be wrong. Is Lewin... Jonai, Adan, Lewin are all during the breaking. Jordan is after the breaking. So the breaking broke... For the Aiel, it broke them. They're no longer what they were. Yeah. In a lot of different ways. They're not serving the Aes Sedai anymore. The majority of them have broken their oaths to never do violence. Mm-hmm. They're not following the way of the leaf. And by the time we get to Jordan, it's a warrior society evolving to say, it doesn't matter who you are as long as you can fight.
1: Yeah. And it seems, yeah, there's the difference between, like, this is the starting of them, the Aiel being more warriors. And it's, like, the difference between Aiel and Gen
0: Aiel. Yeah. So I, we learn Aiel in the Old Tongue basically means dedicated. Mm-hmm. Gen Aiel is like true dedicated.
1: So it's so, the people who won't seek out violence, but will at least defend themselves. No, I think the, the Gen Aiel
0: are nonviolent. They still follow the way of the leaf. Mm-hmm. And that's why in Roderick's time, they talk about people are hesitant to be, even be around the Gen. They're not going to do violence in front of a Gen. Because they're, in Aiel society, they're the ones who kept their oaths. And it kind of ties back into this whole concept of G.E. where they are... They, they were created, their people were born out of this group of people who took their oaths so seriously that they would rather die or be tortured, have awful things happen to them. And so when the Gen were still around and known as the Gen the Gen were the ones who were like the truest. They were the most pure EEel because they didn't abandon their oaths. So that's where that comes from. They still follow the way of the leaf. Roderick is not as interesting, (laughs) to be honest.
1: No, there's uh, all we really get from that is something about the spine of the world, also called Dragon Wall. Yeah. And the most interesting bit about that is that there are three or or we get something about the people of the dragon. And then someone says there's only three groups of people, Ail, Jen and enemies.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's Roderick. So, anyway, th- this whole section, super interesting because...
1: And then we get this guy, Mandian. Or... Mandian,
0: yeah. That's where they get the prophecy of the dragon reborn slash he who comes with the dawn.
1: And this is the glimpse of Roydian we see before the fog. So we don't know what happens because we don't see... No. We don't know why there's a bunch of fog in Roidian or yeah. why Roydian was never finished, but...
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we know why it was never finished because who could live there? Anyway, but obviously they couldn't. Because they don't now.
1: Well, it's covered in fog. We don't know what happened to it to cover it in fog. That's but true. They can. It's not the heat. They can deal with that. And they were building buildings.
0: True. Maybe they needed the power to work them, though. And the Aiel consider themselves to have failed the Aes Sedai. Because their people were born out of this trust that the Aes Sedai placed in them. That they ultimately failed. They didn't guard the Hall. <laughs> they didn't protect them. They didn't get them to where they needed to go. So the Ae'il failed, and now they all kind of consider themselves as a people to carry this debt. And you kind of have to keep in mind at least all of the clan chiefs know this.
1: Yeah. Because they succeeded going through this, right. and so they know this information. So
0: every clan chief basically has this personal connection to this debt that was never paid, and that's why they treat Aes Sedai so differently. Because they're like, we failed you. Our honor demands that we give you special treatment. Yeah. <laughs> because our ancestors failed you. And I assume wise ones probably have something similar.
1: I think so. I they like definitely they,
0: talk about it.
1: Yeah, I feel like they would know at least some of this information. I don't know. Would they go through the columns?
0: I don't remember. They if they, I think that? they do go through. They, I mean, they go through the rings, but... I, I,
1: is the rings their accepted test and the columns are their elevated to eyes to eye, basically? I don't remember. Because that would make I sense. Think, I
0: think, yeah, I think that's what it is. I have to I have to look that up. Because I, I should remember that and I don't. But anyway, so we while Rand is going through and reliving all of these things, Coolidin's brother who is
1: Is going through but stops going through at a certain point and he kind of just He disappears. disappears.
0: He gets lost in the columns. And it's it's definitely mirrored by the the you know, he's a few steps in, so probably about I would say Jordan is where we'd last kind of see. Kuludin's brother. And that's where things start getting real for an Aiel. Because Jordan mentions Jen Aiel following the way of the leaf. And after that, it's people who followed the way of the leaf. And for a warrior culture who basically is like, nonviolence sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. every Aiel is like, if you need to do violence, you need to do violence. Do it. Yeah. They're seeing people who they're the ancestors of who swore oaths to not be nonviolent, who in the IEL the current IEL culture have accumulated so much to obligation. There's just this weight of ancestral obligation on anybody who would want to become a clan chief. Yeah. Because ancestor after ancestor after ancestor has broken their oaths, and they are a people of oath breakers. I don't agree with that. You're not bound by what your ancestors did or didn't do necessarily, but for this culture, it's really important. Yeah. And Guladin's brother cannot hang. He's like sobbing and breaking down and in anguish.
1: Yeah, and, and I think physical it's... Physical
0: pain. I think
1: it is around the Jordan step that Rand catches up to him. And they do step forward at least once more together. Yeah. And then after that, he's just
0: gone. Right. He never comes back.
1: Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Did he like disintegrate? Like what happened? It's
0: kind of like the... Arches, or sometimes you people go through and people don't come back. And you just get stuck. You just get stuck. Yikes. So, hugely impactful world building chapter chapters here.
1: Yeah, they're two really big chapters. Yeah. When I was listening to the audiobook and reading, they were like 50 minutes yeah. long each, which is a long ass chapter. Big, big. And
0: I think it's it, it's confusing, but it's what it does really well since we're going backwards. Starts out really confusing, and it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. And then it, it it gets to a point around Adan where it's about as clear as it needs to be.
1: Like, this is the origin of the
0: Tinkers. Right. It's where the Tinkers and the Aiel started. And after that, it's like, okay, well, here's how they got to that point. Here's how they got to this breaking point where, you know, they started out at at the breaking servants of the Aiel. And like a, esteemed servants around Charn's time... They were not, they were servants, but in a sense of like, they're helping important people do important work. Almost like public servants, but elevated and not politicians. Yeah. So they go from there to being, you know, hunted and tortured for carrying well, carrying sources of wealth and power to being absolute cutthroat warriors. Yeah. The Aiel cannot hang. Anyway, then Rand comes out and he sees Matt hanging and then they run.
1: Yep, because there are dust creatures attacking.
0: Yep, because good old bubbles of evil.
1: And Rand is just, like, channeling air as much as he can to, like, make sure that they don't materialize and they're running.
0: Yeah. Notably, actually, you said Rand is channeling air. He does not channel to revive Matt.
1: He does not. He goes through this thing and this, like, thought process, and he's like, no, I can't because I don't want him to be a puppet of the power.
0: That uh, He doesn't want to repeat what he did with the girl in the stone.
1: Yeah. Who would have been a puppet of the power. Right. He
0: would have basically been animating her corpse.
1: Yeah. I don't think that
0: would have happened with Matt. Matt was still alive. The girl was dead. Dead.
1: But he doesn't want to even risk it. Yeah. With his best friend. So so. instead
0: he takes the medallion off and does CPR. Yeah. Like a good shepherd.
1: (laughs) He knows CPR.
0: Yep. Anyway, that's all the stuff in the waste. There is some Perrin and Fahil stuff.
1: There is something of note. The brand. Has a thought because they're like, when they're getting back towards where the camp was, mm-hmm. it's dawn, and Matt's like, "How long were we in there?" And Rand's like, "He will come from Rohirien at dawn. I am the dragon," which is, which would have been yep. a great section ender.
0: It would have been.
1: Except we have a random parent chapter. Except we have
0: <laughs> random parent and Fael getting in bitch fights.
1: Yeah, basically, they like literally
0: slap each other.
1: She punches him and it basically it's not a bitch fight, it's a fist fight. She's <laughs> punching him. Yeah. And he's like, Will I told you to stop that? Yeah. And she's like, I know, and I'm doing it anyway.
0: It gets it gets a little tiring.
1: And poor Loyal tries to separate them, and then she gets mad at Loyal for separating them, and then she gets mad at Bane and Shiad for not separating them. Yeah. And it's just like, girl.
0: Get your shit together. <laughs>
1: Calm yourself. Like, she's
0: she's very clearly trying to provoke Perrin into having a reaction. It, she gets one. It's just not necessarily the one she... It's not not the one she wants because at this point she wants anything.
1: She wants anything because she doesn't want him to write her off. And I kind of understand it because he's trying to be a savior. And so yeah. I don't know... If I were as headstrong as Fael, I don't know that I would be acting any differently. Yeah. Perrin's I probably got... wouldn't punch Perrin because he's giant and has like tree trunk arms. Yeah. And and I Perrin's don't think got I could hang. Real
0: savior complex.
1: But also like Fael apparently is very capable because she's the only one who doesn't get injured by trolls. Yep. His parents like freaking out once the Trollocs are down. He's like, "Where's Fael?" And she's just sitting up on her horse, like chilling. Yeah.
0: So we'll run through this real quick because there's actually a thing I want to talk about with the show. There are the ways they get in a fight. Trollocs show up. They fight. They get through the way gate. Loyal locks it. Match and Shin's showing up. Yeah. He lock, loyal locks it by pl- placing both of the Aventosaur leaves on the outside.
1: And he's like, "This is as best as I can do, Perrin. I don't want to destroy a waygate. I have faith that at some point we might be able to fix them. Yeah. So I can't, I can't destroy a waygate." Right. Perrin's like, "That's fair." Yeah.
0: So that's all. That's all that stuff, real quick. It's not that important, to be honest. Um,
1: they're in the mountains of mist. Fael tends to Perrin's wounds. There's some birds.
0: There are no wolves. There
1: are no wolves. There are some birds. And we do get a great line from his name. Gaul. His name just escaped me. Gaul That you might as well try to understand the sun to understand a woman. Yeah.
0: gaul has got some wisdom.
1: gaul has got some wisdom and I love him. But yeah, that's basically yeah. all that happens basically.
0: there. The no wolves bit is important. And maybe like this runs
1: into the next section more. It would have been better to end (laughs) right after the Rand stuff.
0: It would have been. Yeah. Anyway, so the show thing I want to talk about that this actually got me to think about is this is where I definitely understand why they had Perrin kill his wife. Because this bit, I, I still disagree. But this bit will play differently with a parent that considers himself to be a, an active threat.
1: They didn't have to create a character just to kill her. You are
0: absolutely right. He could
1: have killed Master Luan.
0: Yep. You are absolutely right. And that is right. who Brando
1: Sando advocated for yep. him to kill. And I get why he had to kill someone. That's not... It's, it's just a bit of, If you would like to hear this rant more in full... Go back to our show episodes. Yes. (laughs) Episode one of that season. Yes.
0: But this Farron... Farron. I guess that's the (laughs) ship name now, Farron.
1: That actually probably is their ship name. It might be.
0: It's what we're going with. (laughs)
1: Because I can't Google this shit.
0: You can't Google this shit, and I probably won't. But... That's where this Perrin and Fael stuff is coming from. Or that's that's where I think this Perrin and Fael stuff would be more interesting as a result of the show choice. And I kind of thought that that's where they were going. Where I get it because this relationship has to happen and Perrin's reluctance to be involved with Faile kind of makes sense in the light that he's a Tiberian and bad things happen around. Bad it things will, happen to the people around Tiberian. It will
1: play better the fact that he killed his wife not Master Luan. Right. Because it just him Having killed Master Luan, it will it would explain why he just has the savior complex in general. This is more specific because he's not really preventing Loyal from going with him. He's not preventing Gaul from going with him. It's right. not that he doesn't want to hurt anyone. It's that he doesn't want to hurt Fail.
0: Right. He doesn't want to hurt somebody who he cares about romantically. Yeah. And I think that that will play well. I still think that it was a bad choice in the show that they could have redeemed if they just made her a fucking dark friend.
1: Wait, Because
0: does... especially with all the wolf stuff we get in, in these books later because the on. the wolves
1: are eating her corpse.
0: Right. What wo- is that supposed to mean? The wolves protect Perrin in his dreams. We get explicit confirmation of that with Balsamon earlier in the series where he's like, those wolves, are they think they're doing something, but they're really not. I but just know it's not to, you,
1: they're trying to protect him, and so the, it's a, uh, yeah,
0: it's not why why'd they do that i I know why they did it, and it will play better. the fair the farin, fuck, I keep doing it the Farron relationship that one was intentional will play better in the show, I think than it does in the books because it won't have as much time to be to get tiring,
1: yeah, they'll speed through it more
0: and it will be more under... The, why Perrin is reluctant will be more understandable than just, I'm a Tavir and you shouldn't be around me.
1: Yeah. It will be. I still don't like it, though. That's fair. They they misted baby Perrin. Yeah. They didn't need to treat baby Perrin that way. No.
0: Baby Perrin deserves some protection.
1: And also, his wife was cool. Yeah. I liked her. She was a blacksmith. Yeah.
0: Get it, Perrin. She had,
1: like, strong arms. Yeah. She could get it. Yeah. Certified certified yummy.
0: <laughs> Good job, Perrin. Is that is the... Is the Wheel of Time show certified yummy? They might be.
1: It's, it, it's not It's not The Witcher. No. But most people, yeah. It's like Rosamund Pike can get it. Yeah. Daniel Honey can get it. Yeah.
0: Rand looks real cozy in the sweater.
1: He does look really cozy. That not, is your type. We have so. not
0: established on the podcast that apparently my type in men is cozy men. He needs a beard, and he might look a little weird with a beard.
1: So is Perrin more your type? Because he also seems Perrin cozy. Perrin might be.
0: If if we, <laughs> we see Perrin with like a nice beard.
1: Which he still has because Fahil is like, yeah, I want you to might grow be, out your beard. He might
0: be a little too big for me.
1: That just means that when you spoon. I get it. He get, he'd be a really good big spoon.
0: I get it. I understand the desire. It just He's might just not, not be Oscar for Isaac. me. He's just not Oscar Isaac. He's not Oscar Isaac. I could talk about Oscar Isaac for a while. <laughs> this is not an Oscar. It's not Isaac an Oscar podcast. Isaac podcast. Please God, don't let me do that. <laughs> because that would be weird as hell. And we're going to end this podcast episode before I get on some weird tangents. I Let's do, do have, some recurring things.
1: <laughs> I do have one thing, just as a thing to ask. Like, so we've decided that Farron is their ship name. Uh huh. Like, because I can't research this stuff yet. But when I am able to research this stuff. And I start delving into the fandom and fan fiction. Will you actually read any?
0: I mean, maybe.
1: Okay, because that would be fun. It would be fun. I'm not gonna have you read like Harry Potter fan fiction.
0: No, I don't need to do that. No,
1: you don't need to read Marauder's fan fiction. It's fine. But this is your this is your series. It is my series. And I would obviously read it first, and then be like, "Yeah, I think we'll yeah. would enjoy this."
0: Yeah. Let's do some recurring segments. <laughs> Weird prophetic auras. I think water on sand. I think
1: water on sand. I didn't have that written down, but I think water on sand, question mark. If you want to confirm that and let me know so that if I know I can cross it out or not.
0: I will check when we are done recording.
1: But, yeah, I think that one's, I think that's the only one.
0: There might be another related one. There are men throughout threw a lot.
1: But, because I read through and I didn't see any, but I was kind of focused more on Matt.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Ship update.
1: I just think Ruark and Amuse are cute. Yeah.
0: He has at least one other wife.
1: Yeah. And she says something. She gives him a message. Yeah. Cool. Spear daddy and his wives.
0: Yep. Favorite moment.
1: I think it's Matt awkwardly trying to scramble and copy Rand's bow. That's good. So that he can go into Roydean. That's really good. It's just endearing.
0: It is. Matt very quickly became very endearing after book three.
1: Yeah. I just I love like him.
0: Yeah. That's great. My favorite moment is Reign of the Pillars. Unsurprisingly. Unsurprising. Big plot moments I are generally really my jam. I didn't really have
1: to ask you to write that down no, for you.
0: They are unsurprisingly my jam. Although the Matt thing is probably a close second, and I think maybe the Avienda and the Wise Ones stuff is third, just because it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I can like dig it's it. something. It's something I to want, chew on. I want something in Avienda's POV.
0: We get unfortunately little of that throughout most of the series. I uh, we do get some. We get unfortunately little.
1: Because I would like more from her.
0: Yeah, we get more from her, just not necessarily in her perspective.
1: Okay. I just need more Avienda and in like a actually concentrated on her way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. This was the first glimpse of like we actually get any character development from Avienda other than. True. Other than just like. She's present. Personality. Like we got her personality, but we didn't get any actual like development yeah personality traits are, is different than development yes Yeah. up until now she's kind of just been like the random best friend in a romance novel that the main <laughs> character talks to once and yeah. vents about the boy she just broke up with and then that friend is like you should get back together with him and then she goes okay and and Aviana deserves more than just being the side character best friend whose only purpose is she does. to further the main character's plot
0: yeah that's fair All right, this was 23 through 27 of The Shadow Rising. Next time.
1: Chapters 28 through
0: 33.
1: Bye. Bye.